We're into 9 o'clock. Jim and the Buckeye Boy from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios. The most trusted name in automobiles. David Shaw, Jim Harbaugh, former Stanford head coaches. You guys will work together at Palo Alto. They have interviewed for the Broncos job. Could there be a reunion between those two? Say Harbaugh gets a job. David Shaw takes on the role that he took at Stanford as the offensive coordinator. You read some of the comments from David Shaw? Eh, probably not. It's not like it's a hard no, but it's definitely not a, gosh, I love working with that guy. Made my life so easy. Just was just, you know, such such a great symbiotic relationship. He made it sound shotted like there were things that he enjoyed about Harbaugh, the, the competitive nature that Harbaugh tried to instill into the Stanford program, but that it could be an extremely difficult human being to work with. It could be very, very tough. And he but on kind of a roller coaster if you work for, for Jim Harbaugh. So we got some thoughts on that. Also interviewing Jim Caldwell yesterday. The, the Broncos did that. Former Colts and Lions coach. Robert thinks that Caldwell's too old. He's 67. Now what? Now 68, correct? 68 on Monday. Yeah. The 16th. Is that too old to be the Broncos' next head coach? Got if he some... gets hired before Monday, no. Yeah. <laughs> but he's 68, too old though, right? Yeah. When when Monday comes rolling around. Which, by the way, should remind people, it'll be uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Day on Monday. We'll be off on Monday. But we'll have the Avalanche at 1 o'clock when they take on the Red Wings Monday, plus that uh, first ever Monday night football playoff game. Yep. Dallas... At Tampa. Dak against TB12. Free game at 5.30 Monday for that one. Of course, we'll have the rest of Super Wildcard Weekend. Saturday and Sunday's games as well. Right here on the Team Sports Network. So, uh, do we have a winner yet, by the way, for who is it? We do. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the winner of the contest. It's another winner on the Team Sports Network. Kim correctly identifying Chris Simon, the leader in penalty minutes on the 96 Avs. Had some guesses for Claude Lemieux. He was well behind Adam Deadmarsh even in penalty minutes in Claude's the regular no, season. more known for one. One penalty. The big one on Draper. A, a minor cross-checking yeah. in the small, Western Conference. Final. Small incident yeah. with, with Chris Draper and the Red Wings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just a little, little, little dust up, little, little thing happened, one, yeah. little, little check, back in the day. Yep. Uh, we had Chris Simon on the program years and years and years and years ago. Mm-hmm. Nah, he wasn't digging it. <laughs> he was not thrilled to be on the show. He was one of the more surly yeah. guests we've ever had. And we've had Jim Armstrong on this program, Adrian Dater, and Adrian was okay the last time. The last time, the first time, not so not much. so much. Jim Armstrong. <laughs> that does anything for you. Thanks, Jim. Appreciate that. I would say Chris Simon probably more surly than those two. Yes. Now you were not around. That was that was pre you, Chris Simon. I've heard. Yeah. Yes. It was uh when Britt and I were doing the show yep. back in the day. And Chris looks at me, he's like, Wow, that, 
that guy's kind of a jerk. A jerk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes, he was a jerk. There's not too many interviews that predate me on this program, and that's one of them. Yeah. You didn't miss anything, trust me. Nope. Didn't miss anything. All right. It's time right now to talk a little Fruit of Monument Boys basketball. Talking Fruit of Monument Boys basketball with Coach Jake Hagira on the team. And Jake here is brought to you by the Rick Nelson Agency and American Family Insurance. For a free comparison, call this team of licensed professionals at 970-241-0078. Jake Aguirre joins us on the Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team phone line. Jake, Happy New Year. Good to talk with you. Happy New Year, man. How you guys doing? Doing well. Uh, your basketball team's doing well also. 10-1 and one right now. And uh, you certainly knocked the rust off in a hurry after you played your, your final game against Palisade out of the Palisade Tournament on the 17th, the uh, game at Horizon and Chatfield, 52-48, the win against Horizon, 54-41 against Chatfield. A couple of uh, really uh, tight games for your basketball team, but a couple of games you were able to, to find a way to get get a win in the fourth quarter and, and uh, move to 10-1 and on the season. Yeah, yeah, coming out of the break, you know, we didn't have any, any school, so I think the boys were sleeping in until like 10 every day. Um, and so, like you said, man, we we had to get the rust knocked off quick in order to pull those things out. Um, our our free throws kind of put us in those games, um, you know, missing them all. But uh, but it was good. It was good to pull those ones out. There were two tough games. It was good last year. I think we got beat by like five shots at the buzzer, and so it was nice to hit one of those and actually go in our favor. So. That was cool. That that didn't happen all last year, so that was nice. Well, you certainly, like you said, able to knock the rust off quickly by, by going to the front range, getting the, you know, the wins against Horizon and Chatfield, go back to that Horizon game where uh, Jet Wells, a freshman, son of Michael Wells, former Fruit of Monument girls basketball coach, had a really nice game, 11 points. Daniel Thomason had 11 points as well. Uh, those two uh, underclassmen getting the job done for you in that win against Horizon. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's been really nice to have, you know, these young guys stepping up. Um, you know, we heard a lot about Jet, um, you know, coming in out of his eighth grade year. We I heard a lot about him, and you know, I just kind of think he's he's going to be like a little guard, a nice little JV guy, maybe maybe suit up for varsity. But he very well came in and changed that in a hurry. Um, the, the, his his mind on the court. Is, is just really, really good for, you know, for being a freshman, I guess. But, I, you know, I think him going home to Coach Wells every day probably helps that. Um, and then Daniel, you know, he's just – he's on a mission. He's he's just playing. He's, he's doing some things that I didn't think he was going to do, and it's been a lot of fun to, to watch those guys and to watch them play together. They play really well together. So that's that's been really nice, too. Fernand Monument Boys Basketball Coach Jake Aguirre with us today on the Team Sports Network. And then that one against Chatfield, Daniel Thomason, another really good game, 15 points in that one for Daniel. But uh, your, one of your upperclassmen, Max Orchard, who had such a good run at the Warrior Challenge, uh, 17 points for him in that game. And and so uh, Max, uh, who you know, took a little bit of a backseat, maybe scoring-wise, in the game against Horizon, uh, busted out for a really good game against Chatfield to wrap up that road trip. Yeah, yeah, you know, Matt's just, or Max is just so solid for us. Um, we were actually sitting 
you know, before we were ready to take off and we're just kind of flipping through the book and talking between the coaches, and I said, Max had 17. And it was really quiet, but just a really solid 17. And, you know, what, what he does for us, it's more than just on the offensive end. That dude plays defense like a maniac, and he plays it, and he gets his teammates in the right spot. He's, he's, just, he's just doing so many things for us. But it was, it was great to see Max be able to, you know, have that game, that kind of game again, and, and to hit that shot, man. That's what that guy's made for. That's what he practices all the time. Um, and so that was just like a routine shot in his mind and in his heart. And that, that's, what, that's what's really great about him is he's, he's just playing solid for us. Wildcats head boys basketball coach Jake Aguirre with us today on the Team Sports Network. Tonight it's Glenwood Springs, and uh, they're 6-5 and five right now. Sim Winger has been uh, their top scorer this year. Jake, over 12 points per game, uh, six boards per contest. He leads the, the Demons in both those categories. But uh, you, you take on, like you do with Palisade coming up on Tuesday, a couple of uh, really good teams out of, uh, out of the, the Western Slope League. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, we tell the boys, everyone, everyone's coming after us, you know, even, even if our record wasn't what it was, you know, when, when you're at Fruit of Monument, these teams want to get you and they're going to play hard all the way through and they're probably going to shoot and make everything and, and we have to be ready for that. And, you know, we have to as, as well, you know, bring our best, bring our game, um, you know, right from the start. So we understand what's ahead of us. Um, I don't think we're going to walk through this thing. I think it's every single game is going to be a war for us, and and I hope it is, and and that's what we need to continue, you know, to move forward and to get better is is for these teams that we're going to play, you know, to come at us and bring it to us, and we're just excited to, to keep going. Fruta Moment boys take on Glenwood tonight out at Fruta. Tip off at 7 o'clock for that one in a non-league matchup between the Wildcats and the Demons. And as I referenced, uh, Jake, you get Palisade on Tuesday uh, out at your place, another team out of the Western Slope League, the defending Western Slope League champions. And uh, for Corey Hitchcock, they're off to a a 7-5 start. And for Palisade, uh, Luke Fay, who was out at Fruta at one point uh, and then transferred out to Palisade, He's played really, really well. Josh Sato for them, who's a, a really good multi-sport athlete. Remember that uh, baseball team that made the deep run in the uh, 4A State Baseball Tournament? It's a team that's uh, definitely played some some really good basketball here uh, since coming off the break. Uh, had a, a great defensive effort against Rifle, only giving up 19 points last Saturday. So uh, a really good matchup coming up Tuesday for your basketball team. Yeah, we're ready for that one. We'll be ready. We're excited for that one. It'll be a fun one. Looking for that, because I get the tone of your voice, because it's a Valley team, or what, what's the extra juice in this one coming up on Tuesday? Oh, there's just history. There's just, you know, history between the boys, and, and uh, you know, I think that's where we'll, we'll, we'll leave it. It'll okay. be fun. It'll be a good environment. You, you get to host them. Uh, when I mentioned, you know, with with with, you know, with Luke Fay and with Josh Zotto, some other guys in that team for, for Palisade, uh, Jake, that that you, you certainly are, are going to pose a challenge coming up on Tuesday night. Who are some of those guys that you're really going to have to to try to keep them off the glass or or try to find a way to, to close them out from three point range? Well, you know, now that the Campbell kid's getting healthy, you know he he's a he's a guy for them, but. 
Um, you know, you never know with Corey's team, man. He does a good job all the time. So he'll get, he'll get, you know, points wherever they need to get them from whoever. He, his guys are always playing hard. Um, you know, they're getting healthy now is the thing. And so we know we're going to have a tough one on Tuesday. We'll have a tough one tonight and, and, uh, you know, it'll carry over to Tuesday and, and we'll be ready for that one. Jake Aguirre, coach of the Fruit of Monument Boys basketball team with us. Wildcats off to a 10-1 and start on the season, taking on Glenwood Springs tonight uh, out at Fruit of Monument High School. Jake, I, I appreciate it. I, I know I kind of caught you on short notice this morning, and I always appreciate your, your flexibility. Thanks for coming on this morning. And uh, we'll be out there Tuesday for Palisade and Fruit of Monument for both the boys and girls games right here on the Team Sports Network. Looking forward to, to that one coming up on Tuesday night on the team. Good luck tonight. Appreciate it. Thanks, Jake. Thanks, man. Right, Jake Aguera, coach of the Fruit of Boys basketball team. So uh, that'll be a fun one on, on Tuesday night. Yeah. A little, uh, little juice into that one on Tuesday. All right, 9-13, Jim along with the Buckeye boy. And don't forget, we'll have Palisade at Montrose tomorrow night uh, with girls pregame at 545. Uh, they'll tip it at 6, the boys at 730 tomorrow night. And you can hear uh, Montrose hosting Palisade on the Monkey. It's our Highway 50 game of the week. Uh, 95.7 here in the Valley and 93.5 in Montrose for those tomorrow night with Larry Newland, Pat Hooley with the call on the games coming up tomorrow night. All right, Jim along with the Buckeye Boy from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. Let's see, we got one from RJ and Delta this morning, 102.1 FM. Good morning, guys. David Shaw is a knowledgeable coach, but I really believe the Broncos need to get a head coach who has NFL experience as a head coach. The first-time head coach or hot new coordinator head coach experiment has not worked in the past. It's fair to say, RJ, that yeah, it has not. Yeah, three times no. running now, not worked. Yeah. And that's why the Sean Paytons, the Jim Harbaugh's, the Dan Quinns mm-hmm. jump to the forefront. Because you have been there, done that with the first-time head coach. You've done that three straight times now. Yeah. And you cannot afford to do it a fourth time. You know, what's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different outcome. Well, which, I mean, and for me, that just reinforces kind of the... (sighs) Absurdity is not the right word, but it's kind of the right word for... Like the Ryan Harris text, right? And again, this is kind of putting a name and a face to this particular subset of fans. Like, what is Jim Harbaugh won? It's like, well, what did Gary Kubiak win as a retread, essentially, head coach? Which is true. He was a head coach, didn't win anything got another job that's essentially the retread in the nfl right so what did gary kubiak win nothing except until he won the super bowl right then he tried the first time head coaches vance joseph vic fangio nathaniel hackett rossberg the interim for two games never head coach before what had they ever won to deserve the job nothing because they were first timers so that's not worked let's go to some experienced veterans like jim harbaugh well what has he ever won like that's that drives home the absurdity of that point like 
it sounds dumb, but it's true. Guys don't win until they win, right? Right. And sometimes you need a, a second job to win. Gary Kubiak never won in Houston, won in Denver because he got a second yeah. chance. John Fox went to a Super Bowl both in Carolina and in Denver, lost them both. But there's nowhere that's like, uh, John Fox wasn't a great coach. He made it to a crap load of playoff games. Right. He. Jake DeLome got to a Super Bowl with John Fox as the Almost head coach. beat the Patriots. Almost uh, beat the Patriots. Janet Jackson, Justin Timberlake, Nipplegate yeah, game. Yeah, people forget that because of the boobage on display that Jake DeLome almost won that game <laughs> over Tom Brady. Go conversation's a little different. If but you Mushin lose. Muhammad, yeah. really good wide receiver for Carolina. Yeah, Steve Smith. Steve Smith, you know, so senior. I like, well, you know, Dan Quinn, <clears throat> what has he ever won? Jim Harbaugh, what has he ever won? Got a team to the Super Bowl. Yeah, Ryan, I get it, but that's the other direction to go because in the first hour we went over uh, coaches that have won the Super Bowl that are available, and it's Gary Kubiak and Tom Coughlin, essentially, that are available. You don't have to give anything up for them outside of just contract money. The neither neither guy has indicated any desire at all. And if Jim Caldwell's too old, Gary Kubiak's going to be too old, right? Because yeah. they're about the same age. Koobs has got to be... Okay, so Koobs yeah. is 61. Yeah, he's early 60s. So 68 to 61, <clears throat> that's essentially the same age. And, you know, Tom Coughlin's older than both of them because he was late 60s when he was winning Super Bowls with the Giants 15 years ago. Tom Coughlin's gonna is 76. So those are your two guys if you're looking for the what have they ever won subset. Those are the two guys that have actually won something that are available the last 20 years. 30. Yeah. You're going to have to have guys that, quote, have never won anything as your, as your leading candidates because not very many coaches win the Super Bowl, especially when Bill Belichick's floating around out there. And I, and I get it. Sean Payton's won a Super Bowl. That, the cat's great. But Sean Payton comes with... 15 years ago. Yeah. Sean Payton also, and he's he's been to two, but Sean Payton's Sean Payton comes with a lot of challenges in regard to acquiring the rights to get him to come to Denver, and he has to want to be mm-hmm. there. It's not as simple as, well, you send some draft picks, which you don't really have that many at your disposal. Maybe it's a player. Maybe it's two, whatever. And then, boom, the deal's done. He has to want to go there, too. And after he meets with the Broncos, whenever that might be after the 17th, he may decide that Denver's not the place for him to be, that he wants to be in L.A., whether it's the Chargers that they fire, Brandon Staley, the the Rams, if Sean McVay moves on and he decides that the Rams are can be quickly turned around. Mm-hmm. Dallas remains very much probably the the number one destination for him. If Tommy wins that game Monday night, Dallas is open. And then maybe both Sean Payton and or, probably or, Dan Quinn off the board. Because Dan Quinn almost got this Broncos job a year ago at this time until going back to the Cowboys to be the defensive coordinator. And so that's always a possibility. Maybe Jarrah likes him to a certain extent. Jerry's always kind of coveted Sean Payton, but that job being open Could, is going to take a candidate off of your list. 
possibly. Either it's going to be Peyton or Dan Quinn if he decides to stay in-house and promote mm-hmm. Dan Quinn. I think Jerry's going to want Sean Payton. I think he's going to do everything he possibly can to get Sean Payton, which means Dan Quinn would be gone. Yeah. Because it'll be Vic Fangio. It will be his D.C. in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Got some thoughts. Text or call us 970-242-1340. Jim along with the Buckeye boy. It's not a plug-and-play, though, with, you know, it's a Sean Payton. Just plug him in. Let's go. Well, he's how are the you mo- going to get him? Yeah, he's the most difficult candidate of the group. To threat. To, to, to get him because of the things we've talked about ad yeah. nauseum. And, and also, I'm not sure he's the best fit. I'm not sold on Sean Payton like others are. I'm just not. And to me, Dan Quinn still makes makes more sense. Some level Harbaugh makes more sense. But you know, one of the things that Mark Kisla brought up today, we'll bring up Kisla's name as we occasionally do, Denver Post columnist. Are you going to be willing to pay Peyton or Harbaugh $20 million a year to be the coach of this team? Because that, that could very well be the number. I think if you're Denver and if you're, well, if you're the Broncos ownership group, you can afford to probably do that. Mm -hmm. But is that going to be money well spent in in the case of like a a, a Sean Payton, if you have to give up all the other things we're talking about, first round draft pick, you know, this year, picks down the road, possible players. Mm -hmm. And that's on top of the picks you gave to Seattle for Russ. Sean Payton comes by himself. He doesn't bring Drew Brees, which is a big factor in all of the Sean Payton positives. You take a look at what he did with Trevor Simeon and uh, Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill, middle of the pack offensively yeah, that last year, 2021. When you, when you get outside the two Super Bowl appearances, then all of a sudden it doesn't look as impressive, does it? Particularly the, I mean, it's still good, but the end, the, the last three, four years were not great. Did he go twice? Lost. Uh, let's see. They they beat the Colts and lost to. Yeah, I thought they went to the Super Bowl twice. I thought that I, I I don't I don't remember. I'm a little Swiss cheesy brain. That's okay. Um, but yeah, I mean. But either way, I mean, did or didn't, you take a look at, like, his rankings for yards. First, fourth, sixth, second, fourth, first, 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 eighth, ninth. That's all with Drew Brees. Then you lose Drew Brees, and your yardage goes 28th, 19th. You know, you're 28th in yardage. You go from 12th to 28th. You're the same guy. Coordinator's the same. A lot of your weapons are the same. What's different? The trigger man. And my apologies. One Super Bowl. Is, I don't know why I thought they played in two. They played in one. I, I, I took your word for it. I was like, oh, well, okay. Um, but when you lose that trigger man, I, my apologies. I stand corrected. You're fine. Uh, like if you with Russell Wilson, is there any proof that he's going to be able to run that offense like Drew Brees did? You know what I mean. And that's another question with Sean Payton is. Sean Payton's kind of been around, but it was not until Drew Brees came along that he was, dang, this guy can coach. You know what I mean? 
So being paired together helped out both of them. I don't know if Sean Payton can do that without Drew Brees because the one year we have of proof last year wasn't great. You made the point multiple times over the last couple of weeks. That last year under Sean Payton was not very good. Yeah, they were 9-8 and eight or whatever it was. But that offense was not dynamic. That offense was not super explosive with a guy that maybe has better physical skills than Russell Wilson in Jameis Winston. Now, brain, a little different. But the physical skills kind of on par wasn't great. What is Sean Payton going to bring to this team that you can point to and be like, that's the, that's the fix right there. When you look at, he's not done it with multiple quarterbacks. He did it with one quarterback who's going to the Hall of Fame and Drew Brees. Yeah, you look at, see what they're, in, in points, I mean, they had, they had years where they were third in points, mm-hmm. fifth. I mean, there, yeah. there, have been some, there were some good years from that, that standpoint, but from a win-loss standpoint. It, it wasn't. It wasn't great. There was a stretch there. They were back to back to back seven and nines. There's that, thirteen, that, eleven, thirteen, eleven. Some thirteen win seasons. A twelve and four. They never cashed in on those except for the thirteen and three in oh nine. But seven and nine, seven and nine, seven and nine, nine and eight. The last year without Drew Brees. You take away his trigger man, and he's like a lot of coaches. Average. Like a lot of coaches that have, there's a great, like mm-hmm. Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. It has not been the same since Brady left. Yeah. In New England. And there's, the, you, you cannot argue that. No, absolutely. You pull out Drew Brees, you're 14th in points and nine and eight. You are the definition of middle of the pack. Is that going to be good? That's not going to be good no. enough. The way that the teams played the last seven years, middle of the pack is not going to be good enough, especially the investment you're going to have to make just to get Sean Payton. Nine and eight is not good enough. All right, so text or call if you got some thoughts on, on David Shaw, Jim Harbaugh interviewing for the Broncos job, Jim Caldwell interviewing for uh, Denver's head coaching job as well, 970 970- 242-1340 Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team phone line. We'll take a break and we'll come back with more on the Jim Davis Show. They need a wake-up call. Call or text the Jim Davis Show on the Chick-fil-A Team line. 970-242-1340. Welcome back, 929. Jim along with the Buckeye Boy. Coming up, we'll have this day in sports history. Awesome garbage. I also have garbage time as well. Uh, since we didn't get to it last hour, do we want to do a little four down territory now? Sure. Okay. We're into four down territory on the Jim Davis Show on the team. All right. I hope I'm not stealing this one from you. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're going to save this for garbage time. One of your childhood heroes, Bernie Kosar. Yeah. No longer. Has a relationship with the Cleveland Browns. Nope. Team severed ties with Kosar. If he acknowledged on social media, he had placed a legal $19,000 bet on the Browns to beat the Steelers. This is through Mary Kay Cabot mm-hmm. of the Cleveland Plain Dealer, who does an outstanding job covering, covering your Browns, by the way. Yes, she does. Kosar, former Browns quarterback, tweeted that the Browns told him, 
My services are no longer desired or needed. Kosar added that he's shocked and disappointed that orange and brown is my life. But Calvin Ridley, remember he was with the Falcons? Mm-hmm. Now he's with the Jags. Found out the hard way about that. Missed an entire season. Jets receivers coach Miles Austin has found out the hard way as well. You know, his betting was on basketball, right? It was I think, on college basketball. It wasn't even on, I think so. on the NFL, but still, nope, can't do it. Kozar's the first non-player and non-coach to be attached to a gambling-related consequence. And so, my thought about it is this. NFL, you've, you've leaned hard into legal sports betting. You've mm-hmm. leaned hard into it. You have not turned those dollars away. Then don't be surprised when guys do this. Yeah, and th- this wasn't and the, the NFL. This was the Browns. Yeah, this is. But but once again, the, the perception is though Browns are part of the NFL. Last mm-hmm. time I checked, yeah. that legal gambling is right. Is now the, the, those dollars are encouraged to be part of the NFL's coffers? Then you can't say, "Hey, we want FanDuel on everybody, and we want to be involved with everybody." And then when a guy makes a bet a legal sports bet and he's betting on the team that he broadcasts, mm-hmm. which I don't think it's classy. I don't think Bernie Kosar should have publicly put that out there. If he wants to do it, I don't care. It's not a good look if he was betting on the Steelers in that game. Yeah. Particularly, you're the I, Browns radio guy. But the NFL's embrace gambling. Yeah. And so you can't have it both ways here where you embrace it on some level and then you have to tell guys whether you suspend them because... The league does that, or a team decides it's going to part company with somebody. You can't have it both ways. No, and, and but, there's but a lot of... But they'll try to, though. There's a lot of nuance for it, too, right? Like, they take in all sorts of money from gambling. They take in all sorts of money from beer companies, yet you're not allowed to play drunk. You know? So, and that's not really the crying double standard that the gambling is that I've seen from a lot of people. It's like, well, he's a legal bet. He works for the team. It's fairly well known that you can't gamble in that situation. If you're going to do it, don't bet 19 grand on a game. You're probably going to lose anyway. Don't bet and don't be like, you know what? They found out. You put it on Instagram of you you walking out of the sports book. You flaunted that you're betting. Yeah, I... I, look, once again, I I think as a broadcaster, my opinion is this. He shouldn't have done it. I'm, I'm not railing, trying to rail against the Browns on right. this. It's, I, I just feel like, but the NFL, when you've embraced legal gambling, these are going to be some of the outcomes, some of the yeah. consequences of that. And for me, I love Bernie Kosar. I think he's not a very good broadcaster. He's all right. But this is the, the NFL version of screw around and find out, right? Like, they, team players, front office employees are not allowed to gamble, no matter how legal it is, wherever it's at. That's posted. And broadcasters, to that extent to broadcasters, Jim Donovan, Bernie Kosar, Doug Deacon, I don't know. Does he work for the team? Not anymore. Well, does he he did at the time. You know, and, and he there, was there is, employed the by to the that. team. He wasn't employed by the affiliate. No. He was employed by the team, and that's really kind of where it was. And so I don't really have that much sympathy for him. I don't have – it's not that I have sympathy for him. It's – It's a bad look. This is this is what happens, though, now because there was a time where there's no way that five years ago, mm-hmm. 
that, that Bernie Kosar makes that bet and talks about it publicly or even thinks about making that bet. No. But now but because the NFL has legitimized it's a different it, world. Yeah. Then then guys are going to think it's okay and and that's part of the problem with this. And it was a partnership for the I think it was the first legal sports bet in Ohio because they just legalized it. Right. So it's not like he he lost $19,000 on the bet cuz you don't bet on the Browns to win in Pittsburgh ever. But you know, it, he's going to make up the money by partnering with the sports book now. And that he's free to do so. I mean, he's not going to lose really in yeah, the situation. It's, Just, it's it's not more it's not for my thing it's not poor Bernie, yeah. Bernie Kosar. He'll be it's, fine. The NFL kind of looks dumb. But it's just kind of these things where you've you've embraced this now. And and now guys are doing this that, that don't play. They work for the team but don't play. Mm. And so you have to end up canning them. Yeah. Even though they're doing something that you're more than willing to take all that money, <laughs> rake all yep. I mean come, come on, the Browns have to be associated with like the league is mm-hmm. with several different, you know, at least a couple different sports betting entities. Do their own sponsorship. At least one that I heard on yeah. a read on the game on Sunday. And I mean, it's both things can be true, right? It's Bernie's dumb. Yes. The league is dumb for, yes. you know what? You have to punish people. And it's not saying this is a league directive, but it's their rule. You have to punish people for gambling. But here's revenue sharing from all the gambling money we made. All right. So, yeah, it's dumb. It's Second dumb. down. Second down. Brian Erlacher has filed a lawsuit against a hair transplant company for illegally using his likeness on their website. Attorneys for Erlacher filed a lawsuit against the Texas-based Houston Hair Transplant Center in Cook County in October of this last year, according to the Chicago Sun-Times, that Erlacher suing Houston Hair Transplant Center for using his image and likeness in a blog post on their website without permission. Houston Hair used Erlacher's story as a way to promote one of their procedures, follicler, follicler, excuse me, follicler, Unit Extraction, F-U-E. Both Houston Hair and Restore, a competing company for whom Erlacher is a spokesperson, uses the F-U-E method. Remember, he had a bald head throughout the majority of his playing career at the Bears. But then, seven years ago, had a full head of hair. He is yeah, seeking he showed up 50, with hair. He's seeking $50,000, as well as court costs, attorney fees, and punitive damage from Houston Hair. It's like Wayne What's-His-Face, the soccer player. When they show up with hair, it's a little off-putting. And I'm still not Dwayne quite Rooney? used to it. Yes, Wayne Rooney. Thank you. When they show up with hair, it's a little off-putting. And I'm not really quite used to it. Just yet. And it's been seven years with Erlacher. And I'm still like, it looks weird. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. That's just some... It's a bit jarring. Yeah. So pretty like, much I just... like Shaq with his little, little tiny bit of hair yeah. on his head now. It's just little... my editorializing, I guess. That's a little what... skiff of hair. Yeah. Third down... We're talking Sean Payton to the Broncos. Maybe Sean Payton should really look at Houston. And here's why. Okay. You're not in love with Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, Jim Irsay. There's a reason to consider Houston, and Albert Breer lays them out. Two first-round draft picks this year and next year. A clean cap situation and the ability to pick your quarterback and start from the ground up. I think people are not necessarily giving Houston kind of the look that they should have. Maybe Sean Payton goes to Houston. But is Payton, does he want 
a rebuild. Because that's going to be a rebuild. Yeah. Because everything we keep hearing is he wants to go someplace turnkey. Cowboys would, would be one of those teams. I think Chargers the ego would be one on of those a guy teams. like Sean Payton, he should want the rebuild. Because turnkey is always going to be, well, they were ready. You just stepped in there and won. The John Gruden, Tony Dungy, yep. you won it. Gruden won it with Dungy's guys. Yeah, this is Nathaniel Hackett's team, and you won if you win. In uh, nobody's nobody's going to be saying that. They're saying, hey, look. Look yeah. what you did after he did such a terrible job. Look at the great job you did. Uh, as we move to fourth down, we talked hypocrisy with the NFL. Hypocrisy with NFL players. Derek Carr, a lying liar, said that if he's not going to play for the Raiders, he's not going to play football. But I never envisioned ending it this way. The fire burning inside me to win a championship still rages. A fire no man can extinguish, only God. So I look forward to a new city and a new team <laughs> who, no matter the circumstance, will get everything I have. That's a letter on uh, his Twitter feed. I'm a Raider for life until I'm not a Raider anymore. Yeah. I'm going a to Raider till I die, but I'm done being a Raider, not ready to die, so I'm going to go be a Colt. <laughs> or whatever. Or wherever he yeah. ends up going. Houston jet. or Jet. Going to New York would make a lot of sense. Yep. I'd make that make that team a playoff contender. Yep. Still the only four lives, the NWO in wrestling. That's all. Yeah, that's when you make statements like he did. You know, if I'm, if I'm not playing for the Raiders, I'm not playing for anybody. Yep. The league, come on, he should know the how fickle the league is. is. Immediate. Yeah, how fickle the league is. Yeah. Nobody's safe. Nobody's completely, entirely, and totally safe. Nope. Everybody moves somewhere. Who would have thought Tom Brady would end up being in Tampa Bay? Who would have thought Peyton Manning would be a Bronco? Exactly. Russell Wilson would be a Bronco. Stafford a Ram. Yeah. Who? Who? So that was an idiotic thing for him to say. Mm-hmm. I. Where do you think he does end up? I said I, the Jets make a lot of sense. Jets, Colts. Maybe he goes to uh, Houston with Sean Payton. Uh, maybe. I think the Jets make more sense because of the stability there. Yeah. The talent around him. Yeah, you Garrett Wilson and Devontae yep. Adams, that'd be great. Devontae's going to follow him around, right? Yeah, I don't think so. He said he was a Raider for Wilson's life. Wilson's really so he's good, probably, though. Garrett Wilson's yeah. really good. I mean, yeah, that's, and that defense is pretty, pretty good. Robert Salas looks like he's got that thing kind of on track. Wilson and Olave, first rookie receivers from the same school to have 1,000 yards in the same season. Congratulations. Yeah, so that's a little... Uh, Not that you had anything to really do with that, but... Still can't beat Georgia, though, but whatever. <laughs> Butley's closer than TCU. Yeah, it could have been our beatdown. Dang it. <laughs> All right, 941. We'll take a break. We'll come back, wrap it up some garbage time on the Jim Davis Show. It's a good show. Probably the best show around. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado sports leader, the team. Welcome back, 945. Jim and the Buckeye Boy. Wrapping up some garbage time in a moment. Right now, though. That's the story of the greatest sport moment in all of history. It's time to take a trip back in time. It's this day in sports history. Back in time. All right, 1958. Dolph Shays 
where his son Danny played for the Nuggets, but Dolph, when he played for the Syracuse Nationals, sent an NBA record for career points in a 135-109 to win over the Detroit Pistons. Shea scores 23 points to bring his career mark to 11,770, breaking the record of 11,764 set by George Mikan. In the 1960, Dolph Shays becomes the first player in NBA history to score 15,000 career points. 1969, after Joe Namath's guarantee, Jets stunned the Baltimore Colts in the Super Bowl. Namath with the famous guarantee to give the AFL their first Super Bowl win, 16-7 over Baltimore, a team that only lost once in 16 games uh, all season. Also 1975, Pittsburgh hands Minnesota their third Super Bowl defeat. Steelers beating the Vikings 16-6 in 1975 at Game of Tulane Stadium in New Orleans. Also on this day, 2008, Tom Brady goes 26-28. for 28. Patriots move to 17-0 and as they knock off Jacksonville 31-20. to Patriots approved a 17-0, matching the 72 Dolphins, the only team to go undefeated from the first game of the season through the Super Bowl. But then we know what happens. The Patriots ah, lose to the Giants talk. in the Super Bowl to finish 17-1. Yep. 2012, Dwight Howard breaks Will Chamberlain's NBA record for the most free throw attempts in a game for Dwight Howard. He uh, breaks the nearly 50-year-old record making 21-39 in the Orlando Magic's 117-109 win over Golden State. Chamberlain shot 34 for Philadelphia against St. Louis February 22nd of 1962. Did you see, speaking of lots of free throws, Jimmy Butler the other night for the Heat? I I did not. So Jimmy Butler went, uh, what was it, 24-20? From the line, it was it was ridiculous what he did because they became they were like the first team to go perfect from the line with so many free throws. I think it was. Let me see if I can find that number real quick. Uh, yeah, it was it was not okay. So Jimmy Butler scored thirty five points with six field goals. He was twenty three of twenty three from the line. Wow. The Heat went 40 of 40 from the free throw line as a team. That's an incredible number. Yeah, it helped that the other guys only had to go 17 to 17. Right. Because Jimmy had 23. (laughs) But all the other guys that took free throws made every single one of them. And they beat Oklahoma City 112 to 111. Wow, that's incredible. Mm -hmm. Oklahoma City as a team... Took fewer free throws than Jimmy Butler made <laughs> by himself. I wish I had that kind of free throw yeah. free throw shooting skill back when they had the Elks Club free throw shooting contest. They go mm-hmm. to your you go uh, it was usually like around with your PE class, yeah, and you compete in the Elks free throw shooting contest. Yep, I, was, I think Jimmy Butler was the first player in like forty or fifty yeah. years to have Jimmy would have won that thing. Yeah. <laughs> At least 35 points. He did not make a three-pointer. So he went 6 of 17 from the field, 0 for 1 from the perimeter, and 23 of 23 from the line. It was either a one-pointer or a two-pointer. He didn't make a three. I think he's the first player in like 60 years to have that happen. That's incredible. 
he's really, really good. I don't think he really gets the credit he deserves because he's just kind of so weird. He's but an odd guy. He's he's great. He's fun to watch. He does. Oh uh, gosh, what he does a beer commercial for what? One of the low calorie beers I saw the other day. Which I'd never seen Jimmy Butler do a, a nationally. I'd never seen Jimmy Butler. Ad. The only national thing I've seen him do that's not play basketball is this. <laughs> He's afraid where of the, he falls the out of the canoe into like six inches of water. A little bit afraid, kind of, kind of like uh, Coach Prime, afraid of Ralphie. A little bit, yeah. That's different. That's, that's a buffalo. That's a legitimate concern. Yeah. If But then again, I agree with Mark Johnson. Rick George probably should have clearly explained to him, you don't have to run Ralphie out there. She has people that are trained to do that. Mm-hmm. You don't. You don't run her out there. Yeah, you coach. You run we'll out. We'll take care of her. the buffalo. You might have to watch out so you don't step in some Ralphie doo doo. If yeah. Ralphie, usually I think they probably have Ralphie uh, evacuate, cleaned out, yeah, before the game, as much as possible. Much mm-hmm. as the you're going to get the buffalo to comply with that. That might be the only thing that the coach Prime should be worried about with Ralphie. All right, so it's nine fifty one and. Uh, Buckeye out tomorrow, as he usually is on a Friday. Yep. So it'll be cake in tomorrow. Play where in the world is Tyler France. And also an early appearance tomorrow from Jackson Wilson, River City Sportplex. They're heading to Salt Lake to play in a tournament. So he's going to be in here in the 7 o'clock hour tomorrow. Nice. Uh, also, uh, Montrose girls basketball coach Steve Skiff with us tomorrow. And uh, Palisade coach uh, Don Baver. We've got Montrose hosting Palisade tomorrow night over on the Monkey. Uh, 95.7 here in the Valley and 93.5 in Montrose for those games tomorrow night. Uh, this is not really garbage time, but it is some kind of late-breaking news. Okay. A potential Buffalo-Kansas City AFC Championship game. Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Hotlanta. Oh, so they decide that's going to be the neutral yeah. site? So they can't even play it in an AFC stadium, apparently. Here's my thought. We do the Super Bowl at a neutral site. Why don't you play that game in Cincinnati? Why Why not? Why don't we have, I'm just throwing this out there, neutral site AFC and NFC championship games? Because you get predetermined stadiums, and if that team happens to play, say it's it's going to be played in Cincinnati, and Cincinnati mm-hmm. happens to be there, okay, it's like the Super Bowl at the Rams you just, yeah. or Tampa Bay. You just happen to be playing there because you got there. What about neutral site? Conference championship games. I think... Does this set the trend for that? If the NFL eventually goes to eight playoff teams per conference... Right. Then that's something that warrants discussion. Absolutely. Because then you don't get a first-round bye. Home field advantage is... Mm, anymore, really? Yeah. Who has a decided home field uh, advantage? Chiefs, Bills have pretty good ones. Yeah. Maybe. Seattle. Seattle, yeah, I guess. They're not so in, but, three. but but Denver. Uh, I mean... When, when this fan base is happy. Yeah. You know, they're very helpful with the timer for yeah. the play clock. That's very nice. Uh, but, I mean, no one really is... No one ever wins there anymore. Right? Right. It's the whole any given Sunday thing. So, yeah, might as well. But I think as long as you have a team that gets a bye... For having the best record in the conference, they should probably get to play at home probably, more probably often. Probably so, than but I think it does start the conversation. It warrants it, yeah. About neutral site conference championship locations. Yep. You know what? Just do what the Final Four does: play championship games and the Super Bowl in the same place. Why not? 
because it's a logistical nightmare. That's why. Yeah, but, I, yeah, why it's you know, yeah. Why not? Yeah, yeah it'd, be, it'd be challenging to do. Uh, very quickly, do you see the numbers for the uh, CFP championship game? Yeah, down a little bit. We were, they were Can't great. Why they were great? They were great. Because <laughs> everybody was stopped watching yeah. about the end of the first quarter. Yeah, because it was a you know, live murder on TV. <laughs> they massacred my boys. Yeah. It was definitely the massacre at SoFi, the slaughter at SoFi. Oh, I like that. That Yeah, the slaughter at SoFi. All right, very quickly. We're taking out the trash. It's garbage time on the Jim Davis Show on the team. Oh, I love trash. Two quick ones here. Kevin Harvick's going to retire after the season as a full-time driver in NASCAR. Okay. Saw that come down today. Also, according to reports... The Dolphins, who had that interest in Tom Brady before, supposedly Stephen Ross still has that interest in Tom Brady. Huh. They wanted Tom over Tua, and the owner is still the same. Huh. Interesting. Interesting. Very interesting. And that's our show for today. Don't forget, coming up, Jim Rome. Tonight, we'll have University of Colorado men's basketball at USC. Little uh, little spice between those two programs, and uh, Mark Johnson will have it for you. Scott Wilkie, six thirty tonight on the Team Sports Network, and then of course uh, tomorrow we'll have Colorado Mesa basketball, Black Hills State, with pregame at four forty-five for the women, the men to follow, and that rematch of the Maverick men and the Yellow Jackets from the the Sweet Sixteen of the D two tournament last year, and uh, that's coming up tomorrow on the Team Sports Network, along with Palisade at Montrose over on the Monkey tomorrow night. For the Buckeye Boy, I'm Jim. Cake's in with me tomorrow morning. We'll see you then at 7 on the Team Sports Network.